Well, good morning, everyone. It is so great to be with you. Uh, I'm thrilled to uh, be able to share with you today in a room with many people that I know and love and respect and some people who have actually been a part of my own personal journey uh, for quite some time. And so uh, for those of you who don't know uh, much about me and where I come from, uh, I'm the lead pastor of a church plant called Groundswell in Truro, Nova Scotia. And I, um, Groundswell really was born out of my own personal experiences. I was 27 when I came to know Jesus through Alpha. And from that point on, I really truly believe that God had placed seed in my heart for unchurched people, for people who were just like me, who didn't know Jesus, who hadn't had an opportunity to really come to know who he really was um, for various reasons. And so Groundswell was very much birthed out of that. We planted Groundswell three years ago now. Uh, and we started off in the Cineplex in Truro on the highway. You've driven past it many times, probably. Uh, we had a second portable location that we launched before COVID hit. And then like everybody else, we ended up online because we had nowhere to go. Um, and it's been really uh, the joy of my life to be able to Oh gosh, I'll get emotional already. This, that didn't take long. Um, really has been the joy of my life to lead this team that we call Groundswell uh, into this adventure that God has had us on. And just this past spring, uh, we actually were gifted a building. Um, the people of First Baptist Church in Truro graciously made a very difficult decision to give us their building. Um, let me just say it was a building that I did not want. Uh, and when they offered it to us the first time around, I said, there is no way we're going to do that. Uh, we always knew we would need a building at some point in time, but we loved portable. We loved the environment. Um, and the last place we wanted to be was in a very old traditional church building in the middle of town. Uh, and so we fought with God about that for about six months. Uh, it almost split our board. Um, but we all came to a place where we still didn't want the building, but we knew that God wanted us to have that building. And we received that gift from First Baptist Church. Now, I am I'm not much of a history person, but First Baptist Church has a very long history. And when we were gifted this building, I, um, a friend of mine gave me a little booklet that was 100 years of history of First Baptist Church. And so I, I started to read it, and I discovered a lot about First Baptist Church. In fact, First Baptist actually started a lot like Groundswell, um, much like a church plant. And so about 160 years before we took over First Baptist, um, there was a small group of people from Onslow Baptist Church, and they saw in Truro an opportunity. Uh, Truro was just starting to grow. It was becoming a hub of Nova Scotia, a central point. And they saw an opportunity to be a people that could bring light and hope and the message of Jesus to Truro. And so that, that church sent off a group of about 40 people 
who would eventually become First Baptist Church. And it did. It started out much like a portable church. They were meeting in a, a location called the chapel. Um, it was a, a place where traveling preachers would, would come on their way through to Halifax and they would come and they would preach. It was a place where um, missionaries would come and bring back stories of their travels. It was a place where the community would meet for prayer. Um, but by 1868, their numbers had grown to about 120 people. And that little chapel that was old and falling apart, they could no longer house that congregation. And they started to dream about what it would look like for them to have a building in the downtown area of Truro. And they moved fast. Their leadership was very committed to following after the direction that they believed that God was leading them. And so they turned this opportunity that they, they saw, this challenge that they had, they turned it into this opportunity to go and buy a piece of land. So very quickly, um, they, they bought a piece of land. They set a vision to build this building. And they quickly approved the plans for 759 uh, Prince Street, which is where we are located now. And by May in 1870, they had a building. They opened a building. Now, it's not the building that we actually meet in today. Uh, part of the building is, was built at that time, a very small part of the building. But in the early 1950s, that congregation had grown so much that they actually tore down their sanctuary and built a new one because they had a passion to reach more people and their building was too small for them to do that. Um, I mean, it's a great problem to have, right? <laughs> you have too many people and you need to tear down your building to, to make space for them. But can you imagine the community's reaction to this crazy pastor who thought they should rip down their church building to build another one? Like, they either thought these people were absolutely insane or that they were really inspiring. Um, I can imagine how difficult that was for them to decide to tear down this building that was full of memories and firsts, uh, where people had come to know and follow Jesus, where young couples had pledged their love to one another in front of their family and friends where families had said goodbye to someone that they loved, where a congregation sang songs of worship and caught new inspiration for life's trials. They made a courageous decision to demolish that building and build a bigger one because they believed that God was going to do something more through them. Uh, on May 5th, 1957, they held the last worship service in that original First Baptist Church building. And Reverend George Allen was the pastor there at the time, and he delivered a powerful message to that congregation as they prepared to step out in faith into this new reality. And this is what he said. It's a little excerpt from his message. He said this, What we are doing is in line with our historical precedent. We are doing what the fathers of this church did. We are illustrating their spirit. We are doing what they would do if they were in our places today. We are following their example and their mantle has fallen upon us. 88 years ago, with sanctified common sense. I love that line. Sanctified common sense. 
something good about that. They seize the wider opportunities which God gave them here. Today, we seize the wider opportunity which God gives us. Did we not do this? We would be unworthy descendants of our noble forebears. May God grant that our children, grandchildren, and great-grandchildren be governed by an equally wise and sanctified ambition. Isn't that amazing? Like, it's just so amazing to me that they had so much vision that they would do such a crazy thing to, to rip down this building, build a new building with the faith that God was about to do something more through them. Now, I'm sure when Reverend Allen delivered that message, he would have never thought in the years to come that the church would actually face consistent decline, that Sunday mornings would become opportunities for you to pick up your groceries or go take your kid to play hockey. I'm sure he never imagined a, a post-Christian culture that in 2020 would end up in the middle of a pandemic with no physical worship gatherings and church online, facing political upheaval and racial tensions and cancel culture and a society that is constantly pitted against each other over one issue or another. I'm sure he would have never thought that. I wouldn't have thought that. You know, in fact, two years ago, I would never have imagined that we would find ourselves where we find ourselves today. We were seeing growth in our church. We were, you know, tracking with that strategic plan. We were reading all the books and listening to all the podcasts and learning from some of the greatest leaders of our day. We would never have imagined that just 18 months later, we would be trying to figure out how to get people back into a physical building. That we would be facing government regulations and vaccine controversies, and that we would end up in the steepest decline in church attendance, maybe, possibly, in the history of the church. Many of our churches are trying so hard to get things back to the way they were. We're pulling out our best programs. We're making all the phone calls. We're working tirelessly to create thoughtful sermons and welcoming environments. But so much of what we tried before seems to be falling short. Now, I would imagine that the disciples felt the same way when they couldn't help that man's son in this passage that we read today. They had followed Jesus. They had learned from him. They, they knew the ministry model. They were going through all of the motions that they were supposed to, but nothing was working. They created the right environment. They probably prayed the right words. They had that synth pad playing in the background, but nothing was working. There is no power. They must have felt like failures when that man brought his son to Jesus and said, your disciples couldn't do it. And after Jesus had expressed his frustration and they watched him cast out this demon, they just must have felt useless. But the disciples 
still want to know why this feat was beyond them. And I suppose they, they should have known better given <laughs> Jesus' earlier remarks, but they asked him anyway. And he says it was because they didn't have enough faith. He goes on and he insists that, that if they even had a speck of genuine faith, they could have moved mountains. Now, this isn't a new critique of the disciples, but it still feels a little bit harsh in this moment. You know, I would have thought that their faith had been demonstrated by giving up their former lives and following Jesus, that their faith was demonstrated through their devotion to him, that their faith was demonstrated through their attention to his words. But maybe faith is more than that. Maybe faith isn't just listening to God's word, but believing it, and even more, being able to do something with it. Maybe faith is not simply believing that there is a God in some intellectual sense, but actually believing and acting as if we believe. That God is working through us. Maybe faith is confidence that God will use you to make a difference in the world, to impact someone's life. And maybe that's what ticked Jesus off earlier. <laughs> maybe, just maybe, Jesus came to show us that God is a God of love and life and that God wants to and intends to work through us to take care of the world. And so maybe the disciples and maybe even the crowds themselves could have rebuked the evil spirit and cured the boy if they believed that God was working through them to oppose evil and spread life and love. If only they had faith. All of which makes me wonder, what does God want to do through us? What is God calling us to dare to try? How might we make the world a better place if we believe God is at work in us and through us to care for the world that God loves so much? What if there is? something more. And one thing I love about the Baptist tradition is this, the weightiness that's put on scripture. Now we want to know scripture. We want to understand scripture. We want to get to know who God is through our pursuit of him through scripture. But I wonder, do we believe everything that we learn? Like, do we truly believe it enough to act on it? You know, when Jesus says, I will build my church and the gates of hell will not prevail against it, do we believe that Jesus will build his church? Do we believe it? So much so that we're willing to act on it. You know, when, when Jesus said that we would do so much more than he did, 
because the Holy Spirit is in us. Like, do you really believe that? You believe, you believe it in an intellectual way. Do you believe it enough to act on it? Do you believe it enough that when people walk into our churches on Sundays or join us online, do you believe it enough to, to contend for the work of the Spirit in their life in that moment? That they will walk out changed because they have met Jesus there? Do we believe that enough? At the end of Reverend Allen's message, he said this, um, he said, may God grant that our children, grandchildren, and great-grandchildren be governed by an equally wise and sanctified ambition. What you maybe don't know is um, there are a number of churches that came out of First Baptist Church. One of those churches was Emmanuel Baptist Church. And Groundswell came out of Emmanuel Baptist Church, which makes us a grandchild of First Baptist Church. Now, I'm pretty sure Reverend Allen didn't think things would play out the way that they did. I'm sure he had no idea that First Baptist would get to a place in their life cycle where they couldn't continue. And they made a hard decision to pass on a building to us. But they passed on a legacy too. They passed on a legacy. And what Reverend Allen spoke about in his message, what he, he probably prayed for, actually has happened. I didn't want the building. <laughs> I really, really didn't want the building. And honestly, it's only been in probably the last few weeks where I can say that I can truly thank God for the gift of that building. <laughs> because now on Sunday mornings, I have the privilege of watching people who I've never met before walk in off the street because they're being called there, not by me, but by the Spirit of God. I have the privilege of standing and watching people with addictions weep in worship because the Spirit of God is at work in them. I have the honor of watching um, people reconciled after years of division. Because the Holy Spirit is at work in that place. I really believe that God is calling us into a really exciting season. Not just us at Groundswell, but us as the Big C Church. I really believe it wholeheartedly. And I see little crumb drops going down the trail, he's dropping little crumbs for us, calling us into something deeper. I believe he's calling us into a time and a space where we need to hold in, in, in our hands the contemplative. We need to seek him first. We need to know him deeply so that we can trust him more, so that we can believe for the charismatic.
We can believe for the work of the spirit in our churches, in our families, in our workplaces, in our schools. There is something more. And the more is more of the power of God. It's more of the power of God. And I have the honor and privilege each and every week to just stand in awe of him and watch him work. I feel like we just get to stand by and watch. And it's the most thrilling, thrilling thing. So today I really want to challenge us to believe for something more. Because the headlines aren't pretty. Uh, the narrative about the church in Canada is not pretty. But God knew all of these things. He knew all of these things. And what he's calling us into, I believe, is a closer walk with him so that we can witness him work in the most incredible and powerful ways. And I'm excited for that. But to get there, I think we need to push into spaces of the contemplative, spiritual discipline of meeting with God and knowing him more so that he can do a great work in us and he can do a great work through us, that we would believe and contend for people in spaces where the spirit can be at work in their life. I believe that when God looks at you, that just like Reverend Allen, he sees potential, the potential that he has placed in you, that he sees the strength that has come out of your suffering, that he sees the empathy that has developed in you because of your trauma, that he sees your longing for freedom of the oppressed, your brokenness for the suffering, your heart for the down and out. He sees the beauty that can come out of the ashes of your life. And he says, come and be my church. Be my representatives. Be part of what I am building. He's building it. We are not building it. We're delusional if we think we're building it. He, has, he is building it. And I find great comfort in knowing that. But he invites us to be part of what he's doing. Look around. He is at work all around us, and he invites us to be part of it, to bring more peace, more forgiveness, more grace, more inclusion, more justice in the communities that he has placed us in, that you don't have to build it, and it will be here long after us, but that he has placed something special and unique in you that can make a difference in the lives of the people around you. So could we contend together for the work of the spirit in the hearts and lives of the people that, that we care for? Could we contend for that together and believe beyond a shadow of, doubt, of a doubt that God is who he says he is and that will, he will accomplish everything that he has promised? Could we have faith to believe today for something more? Can I pray for you? Lord God, I thank you today uh, for the people in this room, for the people watching online. Lord, I pray uh, for them specifically 
that you would be speaking to us, even in these moments, that Lord, your spirit would, would speak to us in a unique and special way that we would hear from you in a way that we need to today. If you, we need to be met in our pain or our suffering, Lord, I pray that you would meet us there. If we need to be met in our joy, Lord, that you would meet us in that moment. If we need to hear from you, if we need a word of correction, Lord, we pray for that too. And Lord, I pray for all of the churches that are represented um, here. Lord, I pray that your spirit would be at work in powerful ways as we gather, as we pray, Lord, as we, um, we contend together for our communities and the people that you've placed in our care. Lord, we believe that your spirit is at work in a powerful way among us. And Lord, I pray that our eyes would be open to the places where you are already working, that you are inviting us into. Lord, it is an honor and a privilege that you would invite us to be at work with you. And so, Lord, I pray for each and every person here that you would help us to see the unique things that you have placed in us that can be used by you. Lord, I pray that you would call us into a deeper relationship with you, a deeper union with you, that we could know you and love you more and trust you more and believe for the, the work of your spirit among us. Lord, I pray for the miraculous I pray, Lord, that we would see you move in powerful ways and that when people see what is happening, they would, there'd be no doubt in their mind that it is you because it could only be you. We love you. And we thank you, Lord, that you have called us to be part of your church, to be part of what you are doing in this world. And we will give you all of the honor and glory that you so rightly deserve. And we pray all these things in Jesus' name. Amen.